Hi, friend. You are listening to Boldly Created Podcast. Join your favorite duo as they bring on guests from all walks of life and allow you to feel like you are sitting with your besties chatting about life, Jesus, and navigating your 20s. Check in weekly for new episodes and laughs. Now, grab your favorite drink and sit back and enjoy the show. Hey, y'all. It's Emily. It's Addison. And Lily. Welcome to Boldly Created. Y'all, we are so overwhelmed by everything that you guys sent us and called us and just all of it. We started this journey with not really knowing where it was going to go, and we are just so grateful for y'all. Thank you guys so much for believing in us, supporting us, and telling us how much you guys like the podcast. It means the world to us. Uh, Just thank you. We have no words. It's just crazy how much this has gone so far. Do you guys have anything to add before we get started? I am just so overwhelmed, too, by all the love. I've gotten a lot of messages from dear friends who've been so supportive And so just thank you guys. It really means a lot to us. Yes, I am so thankful for everybody who's supporting um, our podcast and to my family and just everyone who has encouraged us to keep going. So thank you guys. So today we have um, a resident from Bridge Church. Bridge Church is the church we talked about last week here in Cullowee, North Carolina. He has various roles in the church and he just has a lot lot of wisdom in his heart. Um, He's going to talk about temptation today. So can you guys say hey to Tucker? Hi, Tucker. Hi, Tucker. Thank you for being here. Uh, Thank you for inviting me on. This is awesome. Of course. Excited you're here. So with Temptation, what do you have to talk about? Well, really, Temptation, just diving into anything within the Bible, it's kind of like opening a can of worms just because there's so much to talk about and to go into. Mm -hmm. But um, with Temptation... Uh, I feel like a lot of Christians, we get to this point in our lives where we think that, like, I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough to fight back temptation when it comes. You know, I, I need something else to help me through this. Um, and I, I kind of dug it, dug around in my notes and through old sermons that I've preached and just kind of looked around. And I've noticed this little pattern in Ephesians chapter six. You know, it tells us to put on the armor of God, which you don't wear armor just for everyday life. You don't go to work wearing armor. You go to war wearing armor. Like, And so I, I kind of dug around and I uh, I found this quote that uh, our pastor at the Bridge Church of Cullowee, Josh, said uh, a few weeks ago. And it says, uh, if you don't set the atmosphere at the beginning of each day, Satan and sin will set it for you. And so that's good. When diving into temptation, when dealing with anything in your life, you have to start your day off right. Uh, And Addison mentioned I was in the residency program. And what that basically taught me is how important quiet time is in the mornings. Uh, Quiet time is your prayer time. It's your uh, reading of the Bible time. It's your worship time. It's really more than anything, just you being alone with God. Mm -hmm. You have to start every single morning off like that. If not, you're just going to be dragged down by sin each and every day until eventually you give in to the temptation, if not immediately. But I was kind of thinking through, like, how does the devil tempt us through each and every single way? Because it's not just simple things like, you know, I, I have temptations with anger. I have temptations with this or that. It's It gets a little bit more complex. You know, there are temptations of sins, which we all deal with constantly. But there's also temptations that we don't realize, like the temptation to not forgive people in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so much easier just to write them off. And 99% of the time, we don't even go through the temptation process. We just believe anyway. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's temptations of being afraid or discouraged when something doesn't go our way. There's uh, the temptation to believe what freedom, what the, the devil says that freedom actually is. You know, he says that you're free to do whatever you want. You're free to live your life the way that you do and that the way that, you, that pleases you. But in reality, that's not what freedom is. That's captivity to sin into your own self. Uh, and then there's the lies about uh the gravity of our own sins, you know, oh, my sins aren't that bad. They're not as the big of a deal. I mean, I'm not a murderer. I just did this little thing. Uh, or there's the opposite effect of that of I have so much shame for my sin and I'm tempted to put myself down and go into a depressive state because mm-hmm. of it instead of acknowledging what Christ did. And so there's all these different things. Um, and I have a few verses that I looked up that I think that carry on that point. And I think more so than anything, if you're arguing, if you're doing a debate, if you're bringing up anything about God, the Bible, Christ, anything like that, it is better to use God's words instead of your own. So that way no one can dispute what you have to say. They have to dispute with God. Uh, But John chapter eight, verse 44, this is Jesus talking. And he says, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own nature, for he's a liar and the father of lies. But then Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He clearly stated what is the lies and what is the truth. Anything that Christ says is the truth. Anything the devil says is a lie. And so any temptation, I feel like you have to go through that process of is this the truth or is this a lie? Is this something that God wants for me? Is there something that the devil's trying to pull me away from God with? Only God's outcome will work in your favor. Nothing else will. You know, Jeremiah eight twenty eight tells us that. Uh, it tells us that God's constantly got a plan in works for us. So you need a strategy against mm-hmm. sin, against all of this mm-hmm. stuff. And that's why I say you got to start your day off right. You got to go in with the right attitude. Um, my daily Bible verse of the past uh, yesterday was saying that you need to have an attitude like Christ. Which, mm-hmm. hearing that, it sounds like impossible. Um, but that's kind of the whole beauty of it because you're not doing it alone and you need to start your day off with the right attitude of following after Christ, abiding in Christ. And that's why you got to start it in quiet time, in prayer, whatever you can do, even if it's just five seconds of you praying a prayer and acknowledging God's presence is with you every second of the day. And so that I think is the number one thing that I try to do each and every day. It's very hard. I'm not a morning person. I like mm-hmm. to sleep in. I like to, you know, be late almost all the time. I, I sleep <laughs> to the last second, then get ready and go out the door. But, you know, even in the car as you're driving, I try to like throw on worship music, even though mm-hmm. my flesh is saying, you know, just listen to what you want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, which most of the time it does win. That is a temptation in itself just to not even listen to worship music, which seems kind of insignificant and small, but in reality, it's going to set the tone for my day. Um, And do I want to set my tone, you know, listening to something that's probably depressing or something that's glorifying something in this world, or do I want to listen to something that glorifies God? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just simple, a simple thing to start your day off with. Um, When fighting temptation, it's so easy to just, Think that you're trapped, that I cannot do this certain thing. I can't talk to this person. I can't be alone with so-and-so because this is what's going to tempt me and this is what's going to happen. You know, I can't go to my out my friends to go get a dinner or whatever because there's going to be alcohol there and I'll be tempted to do too much Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And so 
God sees all this temptation and he sees it so severe that he says that, you know, if it is getting in your way from me, cut it out, cut it so you don't fall into temptation. Um, and there's so many of these things that, you know, we go to the extreme in the Bible because God wanted to see the, you know, severeness of it all. But in our own life, we don't even realize the things that we deal with, like our phones as a big temptation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I had to learn the hard way in the residency. We had to look up how many hours we spent on each app. Um, <laughs> wow, that, that would be sad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, like it. He's like, you need to be below 15 minutes overall on all of them. And I'm like, dude, I spend like 15 minutes on Instagram just when I go to the bathroom like it's gonna be terrible Mm -hmm. oh I got my screen recording today and it was like five hours for one day like wow like I can't even I guess we'd be getting in trouble (laughs) yeah well it goes like in like the snapchat too you don't even think about those things Mm -hmm. and just how much you look at your phone it's just even if you're like playing a little game I sit and I'm an old man, so I sit and play Sudoku all the time. And I can't tell you how many hours I just have on Sudoku throughout the day. But it's a distraction, and it's pulling me away from God in small, subtle ways that I don't even realize. You know, and we deal with these temptations all the time. And all of these temptations, they seem innocent. Some of them are most of the time, but they still have that slight chance to give a foothold to sin, which as soon as it gets a foothold, it's going to, you know, if you give it an inch, it's going to take a mile. It's so easy just to dive into it and let whatever it is, the device in your life, just pull you in. And this is a lot of times why I say that if you like listening to sad music like I do, um, (laughs) do it in spurts if, because if you're noticing a pattern yeah, it's beautiful music, but all of a sudden you're in a depressive state for the next couple of days because of this, mm-hmm. and you didn't even realize it. And so it's just simple things like that that Satan uses to draw you in and you know basically turn you against yourself. This is a battle against the flesh. That's what Paul mm-hmm. calls it countless amounts of times. Mm-hmm. We have to battle our flesh. Um, but your flesh is going to say, you know, you know, you'll love this. This is, you know, you'll miss it. It's something that makes you happy, which is true and not always bad, but it's also, we got to realize what we're fighting. We're fighting the flesh. We're fighting ourselves. And like I said, you give it an inch, it's going to take a mile. And so there's so many things that we deal with in our life that we need to cut out. That's something that's getting in our way. We have to cut those out because uh, you can't allow anything to get between you and God's relationship. It was so important to Christ that he went through so much for you just to give you a new life with him. So we shouldn't let the selfish pleasures of our own life get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be fair. And that wouldn't be, you know, Christ says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say in Luke mm-hmm. six forty six? And it's mm-hmm. like, I do call you Lord, but for some reason, these things, my phone, my social media, uh, you know, me getting a beer, whatever it is, that is all also the Lord of my life. And he says, that's not right. That's mm-hmm. not what I came for. Mm-hmm. I came to be your only Lord. And so these things, you got to cut some of these things out to where you can deal with them. You can actually, you know, have the, some pleasures of life that doesn't get in the way of Christ. And I think that's one of the biggest things that temptation does. It is, it's so sneaky. And you don't even realize when you're being tempted. You know, we always just think, oh, if I go to this website, if I get around this certain person, you know, we think of simple things like that. But sin is a master at strategizing against Mm -hmm. us. And we have to be prepared for every single angle it takes. The third thing that I think is so underrated is accountability. You know, we look throughout the Bible and you see, you know, in uh 
the Gospels, you see the 12, they're always together. There was not many moments that at least two of them wasn't together. And then you look in Acts, you got, you know, Peter and John always together. Or Paul and Barnabas, or later on, Paul and Silas, they were always together because they needed an accountability for each other. They needed to help and pick up each other. You know, and, and if it wasn't like, you can't just sit there and think, oh, I'm strong enough to deal with certain temptations. Because if you were strong enough, you wouldn't need Christ. But Romans 3.23 says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So no one can sit there and say, I'm good. I don't need this. I don't need uh, someone to help me. I don't need anything. You know, it's just basically you're just giving temptation to your pride and you're building yourself up, which is in turn a sin as well. Mm-hmm. And so you have to look past all that stuff. You got to look past yourself and see that you are vulnerable to every temptation and you need someone there to be by your side. That's why Christians are still here. Like you, we didn't get saved by Christ and then beam up to heaven like we're in Star Trek. That didn't happen. <laughs> that happened to Elijah at a certain point, but that doesn't <laughs> happen to everyone. That was a rare case. We have to have someone to lean on. That's why Paul even says in 1 Corinthians uh, 7, you know, he talks about marriage in verses 8, 8 and 9 specifically. And he said, you know, I wish everyone could be like me. But if you are taken by the pleasures of your life, the desires of your life, be married then so you don't fall, you don't stumble and fall into sin. He's saying, I don't want you to be tempted to the point where you can't take it. So then find someone that you can have an accountability partner with, even if that's through a friend or through marriage. Marriage, because the point of the whole thing is not I need to be married or I have to have someone. It's about having that fellowship and that accountability more than anything. That's what's more important to God is your sanctification, not that He has specifically picked so and so out for you. That's not a thing. Mm-hmm. It's nowhere in the Bible do you say do you hear that God say I have someone special for you. Paul says if you need someone, find them. <laughs> like yeah. he specifically goes mm-hmm. through that. And so accountability is something that we need. But I will say, if you look at the Gospels, at the 12 disciples, there was one among them that was with them every single second and still fell into temptation. So more than anything, more than accountability, I I wanted to bring up my fourth point, which is the condition of your heart. If you look at Judas Iscariot, he was there. He had accountability. He was praying. He was, you know, in the scripture as much as he could. Back then, all he had was the Old Testament. You know, he was there with Christ. But what he did not have was a pure and clean heart. He loved money. He loved the world. He loved everything else. You know, and that's the whole entire reason Christ came. He came to change the hearts of his people. He came so that sin no longer had our hearts, but God had our hearts. That's why he came. Christ came to pay a blood price for something that he created and that he already owned, but then he lost ownership of it because we ran away. And so that's why Christ came. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, Moreover, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. He's basically prophesizing right there that he's coming to do this certain thing. And then Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is more deceitful than anything else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? And then finally in Psalm 51, a Psalm of David, David's crying out to God, says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So everyone in the Old Testament saw the problem. Everyone in the New Testament also saw the problem. And that's why Christ came and it was so important for him to come. 
because we were wicked in our ways. We love the things of our flesh. We love the things that our hearts, every heart desire that we have, you know, you hear all the time and so many I, I get on to teachers because they say this, their students, you know, follow your heart's desires. You know, they always say those types of things. But in reality, your heart is going to lead you astray. Mm-hmm. That's right. And if you ask anybody who's divorced or went through a breakup, do you just ask them how following their heart went? They're going to say it was awful because all it did is leave me hurt. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's, it's pointless to follow your heart. That's why God says, follow me instead. You know, and it, I, it makes me think of Luke twelve thirty four. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When I think of where I'm stacking up my treasures, do I have all this treasure down here on earth? Do I have all these things that are just basically I'm giving into these temptations that my heart's wanting? Or am I storing them up in heaven, which is what this passage is talking about? And then in Matthew 6, 24, I know it's a lot of scriptures. I'm jumping around, but (laughs) it says no one can serve two masters for either he'll hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth, but I'd go beyond that and say you can't serve God and yourself. You can't serve God and sin. You can't serve God and your significant other or your children or your work or whatever it is. You can't serve God and anything else. You have to choose which one to serve. That's the whole point of it and that's why temptation is attacking it's constantly attacking what our heart wants you know and the world's in an uproar because of it because everyone's saying this is what my heart says is right but when has their heart ever been right you can't just be right in this one instant but then 99 percent of the time it's always wrong that doesn't make what you think is right right so you have to look beyond yourself. You got to look beyond what everyone else is screaming. You got to look at what God said and set in stone as right. That's what's right. You know, and we always go through this thing of I want this, I crave this, I need this person, I want to go to this place, I want this, I want that. And that's what our desire of our flesh is saying that, that we need these types of things, but in reality we don't. We need Christ. That's all that we need. We have desires. Like if someone says, I desire to be married, I desire to have kids, those are great things. You know, even Proverbs says, you know, blessed is a man or woman who finds someone else. Bless our children. You know, these are great and wonderful things, but that doesn't mean that it's in God's will for your life. And you have to figure out what those are. In Matthew 16, you know, we see this from Peter's perspective. In 21, it says, From the time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, that this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. Basically, you're tempting me, Peter, for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. Peter had a good intention. He's trying to save his best friend, the guy that he spent you know, three years of his life with. He doesn't want him to die. That's a pretty good intention. But that's not what God's intentions were. So you have to fit your heart desires with God's for them to ever be right in any sense. And then in that moment, the desires of your heart, as soon as they're changed, your temptation will also go away. They will fade out. It will eventually be overwhelmed by God's presence. But in saying that, this isn't an easy step program. There's no quick pill that you can take. This is work. You know, in Galatians chapter uh, 4 or 6, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit, and one of them being self-control. Keyword, self. 
you have to do something. You have to put in work, but you don't rely on your own strength. You rely on Christ through prayer, through worship, through spending time in that relationship with him. Only then do you get strong enough to take on these things that, you know, the disciples were trying to learn about. That's kind of how you go about temptation. There's so many different strategies you can take. There's so many angles you can look at it. But in reality of it, you have to put full faith in the Christ and lean on him and you actually have to work at it. That means whenever you feel that temptation, you can't just say no and then just give in and say, Lord, I tried. No, you didn't try. You started to, but then you gave up. This is a war that we're in. It's time to step up and fight the war. That's how you get through temptation. You know, there's so many different things you can look at or you can go about it. But in reality of it, you have to just go to Christ. Even if that's a prayer every single day that, Lord, you change my heart. Lord, you help me through this day. Lord, just pick me up and help me to face this. He will answer. He always has. There's too much to dive into mm-hmm. on different yeah. areas just to you know, go into them all. But for the general overview, you have to set the tone for each day and you have to stick to it. You have to, Christ uses the word a lot. He says, you have to abide in me. That means constantly being with him and in his presence. That is what abiding in Christ means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was so good. That was awesome, Tucker. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank I you feel like that. I just listened to a sermon. I know. Yes. You know I want to add on to, um, you know, you were talking about self-control. And I think one of the biggest problems with fighting temptation and finding self-control is like you said it has the word self in it so you're like oh I have to do this myself this is something that I I do myself and I think a lot of people find so much comfort in that because we're so obsessed with ourselves Mm -hmm. you know we're so obsessed with what I look like what my Instagram post looks like you know how what people think of me we're so obsessed with ourselves so we just want to do it ourselves when in reality you can't do it yourself you're going to fall flat on your face when you're fighting temptation, I mean, if that wasn't the case, then all of our New Year's resolutions would work out, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, That's right. Um, and so it's it's accepting the fact that you have a problem and you need Christ to get through that problem. You need to accept Christ to get through that problem. And so I really liked what you said about the whole self-control because I was thinking that and that's so relatable to a lot of things. And the second you become obsessed with Christ instead of obsessed with yourself, the easier you're going to navigate those temptations. So I just think that's so true. I used to hear this thing. It was, um, you'd always try to talk, uh, or whenever I used to talk to um, young Christians, they would say to me, you know, how do I get motivated to follow Christ each day? Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of this this bodybuilder. He had a quote. I can't remember the name of the bodybuilder, but I'm basically going to paraphrase his quote. And he said that, um, you know, he got questioned in an interview, what motivates you to work out each day? And he says, I don't get motivated each day because motivation is stupid. Mm-hmm. I get motivated for the day. And then guess what? Next morning, I got to wake up and motivate myself all over again. That's exhausting. I'm losing a lot of my energy on motivating myself each and every day, which some days won't happen. He says, I don't do motivation. I have passion. And Christians need passion for Christ, not motivation to follow him. That is awesome. Oh, I've never heard that. That was Uh, was awesome. I feel like I need to be taking notes. (laughs) Oh, wow. So good. You said something about... um, 
when temptation, like not being able to forgive. And I never thought of that as a temptation because I know I struggle with like not being able to forgive easily. Mm-hmm. I hold so mm-hmm. many grudges. So I really like that. And I also listened to a sermon yesterday about temptation. And I feel like you just kind of made your own sermon of the same thing. Mm-hmm. But something that Craig Rochelle said was whatever f- you feed grows and whatever you starve dies. And that kind of made me think of like mm-hmm. waking up in the morning and having that quiet time and starting off your day right. Because I know I struggle with that. And, you know, you're starting off the day to not really have a great day if you don't have the word of God in it. So I really liked how you talked about that stuff. Yes. And I wanted to add to, um, there is a really good verse about temptation that I found recently, and it is first Corinthians, um, 10, 13, and I'll read it for you. It's no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So that was just like, that verse provides a lot of hope for me because it's like, you know, temptation will come. It's a part of being here on this, you know, broken earth. And, you know, when it comes, you don't have to be fearful of it because just in this verse, I mean, Jesus is saying, I always provide a way out from every temptation. You just have to look to Christ and not the world. So I just, I love that verse and it, it goes hand in hand great with temptation. Yeah, I feel like when you were talking, me and Lily, we kept on looking at each other with like wide eyes. We we're like, okay, like he's just dropping bomb after bomb. Yes. Um, but we do have some questions unrelated from temptation if we want to get into those. Lily, do you want to ask yours first? Yes. So I know that you are going to Eleuthera, which is in the Bahamas this summer, right? Yes. And um, so what are you going to be like working on mainly when you're there? So... It's, um, yeah, I'll be leaving in about two weeks. We'll be down there for a month. Um, typically, the first two weeks is set up to where we're helping locals that uh, we know very well and we've got relationships with. We'll be helping them out to build them up, give them hope. And then the other two weeks, we'll be doing uh, missionary projects such as building or just helping out wherever we see a need. But for the most part, the entire trip, I guess the theme of it is to give hope to a bunch of people that don't see much of a hope there. That's amazing. That's that's so great. That's awesome. And I mentioned before that you are a resident with the Bridge Church. If you want to give kind of a brief overview of that, what have you learned most through being a resident? Um, I would say probably the biggest takeaway from the residency program is uh, how much patience I need. Mm -hmm. You have to, we basically live for a whole year in a tent, braving whatever the weather wants to do, which we've had snowy days. We've had really hot, sunny nights when we're burning up. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of been back and forth the whole year, um, just as the mountains are. But yeah, dealing with each other is very difficult at times and to have patience with each other, you know, it's very hard to have. Um, Just dealing with the constant same struggles because we don't realize like a lot of us have struggles that we go through years of dealing with or our whole lives. And to see someone struggle for something for weeks on end after they know what to do, including yourself, it requires patience because you're like, I, this is in God's time, not my own, but they need to hurry up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it, that was probably the biggest takeaway I've gotten of truly just if you want to help someone, you got to have patience. I love that. And since we forgot to ask, because we got just so excited and we wanted to get into this, um, a question that we ask every first time guest is, what would you tell your BC self, your before Christ self? Um, so if you have something that you want to add, we'd love to hear it. I would tell myself nothing. I would stay away from myself. Um, 
I've terrified of the butterfly effect, but um, there's so many things that I had to deal with and grow, go through and God made me grow. If I told myself something, I'd be afraid that I'd miss an opportunity for God to pull me through something. Mm. And so I would just, I would stay away from myself. I would, yeah, I would just hide. That's what I do. Oh, I just got chills. That was so good. You oh. just like reformed that question to like something yeah. else. Oh. Wow. Okay. Do you guys have anything else to add? I just think it's so awesome. Everything you talked about. <laughs> for sure. Stay tuned for our special segment and we'll see you soon. This is my favorite segment of the whole podcast. And to kick off, we're going to have our awesome guest, Tucker, start us off with his flavor of the week. So, Tucker, what do you have for our guests or our listeners? Um, there's a book I've been reading recently. The entire staff at Bridge have been diving into a book called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire by Jim Cimbala. It's a pastor in New York, the Brooklyn Tabernacle. He uh, he kind of just dives into why his church was so successful and you know what he accredits to all the stuff that he's acquired in his life. And he kind of boils it down to just prayer. He says that I would trade every single thing, every prayer meeting, service, every worship song, every sermon, just for our Tuesday night prayer meetings. And I, he just puts such an importance on prayer that it like it blows my mind, literally, of how beautiful prayer is seen to God, how it's a sweet uh, you know aroma to Him, and it's something that has kind of been more important in my life because I, I have this. I'm very good at going to God when I like in hard times when I need something, but in the good times, I kind of run away. I'm like, I'm good, God. Like, thank you, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't need to pray today, I guess. So I, it made me rethink my relationship with God to where he's not a genie in a bottle, but mm-hmm. he's actually, you know, there with me every single second. My friend, you know, my father, all of that. And so that it's kind of made me relook at prayer in my own life. I like the genie in the bottle because I feel like that's something that I always said to my friends or my parents. I'd be like, I feel like a lot of times I treat God like a genie rather than a God because I'm like, okay, here's my wish. Like, granted, but it's like not like that. It's like a relationship. It's not wish. So I like that. Emily, do you have anything to add? Of course I do. (laughs) Um, I have another book. Um, I know I had a book last week, so you're probably wanting something different, but sorry. (laughs) I actually have a book series this week. It's called The Baxter Family Series. It's, I don't know if you guys know who Karen Kingsbury is. She's a Christian author. She's, my mom read all of her books when I was younger and I always made so much fun of her because they're like, they seem like those like suburban family, just like books that old women read. And I was like, I'll never read those. And now that I've gotten older, I'm obsessed. (laughs) They're so good. They're all based um, around God and his word. And they're just so good. But pretty much there's like... (sighs) There's like 20 something books, but there's like five books that get really go together. And it's just about this family of the they're called the Baxters. And it's just about their life and the ups and downs they face. Like you'll cry, you'll laugh. It's so good. And it all just points back to God. I highly recommend. <laughs> you should Have check you read out. all 20 books? Oh, no. I'm about to say my mouth drops. No, I'm, only, <laughs> I'm only reading the five. I want to read all 20 books, but right now I'm reading just the five like the um they go together it makes sense if you just, I, like, I just read so i mean that's wow lily you got anything um yes i have a song this week i honestly could give you guys like 10 at least 10 songs each week but i will settle for one my song is faithful god by i am they 
I Am They is a new band, I believe, and I love them. I believe it's a woman, a man, and I think they might be married. I could totally be wrong about this. I could get them mixed up, but Faithful God, the song is just so good, and it talks about how God is faithful through, like, every season, like, the fire and the thunder, and it's just a really good song to, like, sing in the car, so I just really like it. So, what about you, Addison? I'm still listening to the same things I was last week, <laughs> but I think I Surrender by Hillsong. I think listen to it when you guys were oh, Yes, I love it. Yeah. Ashton introduced that song to me, and I listened same. to it probably like five times. Well, a day I listened to that, The Getting Ready, and Promises. Promises. Like those are my three like replay. I listen to other things, but those are the ones that like I really listen to. But yeah, that's my one for this week. Uh, if you all have any song recommendations, you can let us know in the DM of our Instagram. We would love we'll to hear from y'all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'd love to hear what you guys are listening to, either books or sermons or whatever thank you guys for listening we're so glad that you tuned in today we hope that you really got a great message out of tucker's words so see you guys later bye bye